step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Stepping out of bondage and grabbing hold of God's promise. Circumstances can't stop me, and neither will they block me. Today I feel unmovable. Nothing's impossible. To walk on water, to calm the sea. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are having a great day out there in Radio Land, I guess you can say. Well, this is Dawn Marie of The Process, 319 Unleashed, and I hope you guys are having a absolutely great and wonderful morning today. You know, as I always say, today is a do-over that we get in God, and you know what? We we were made great. We were made mighty. Do you hear the words of that song today? So we're going to talk about those things that will help make us great and greater in the kingdom of God so that we can give God all the glory. But as always, we open up with a word of prayer, and we really want to pray for those out there that need prayer and for those that are on their way to work this morning or maybe even coming home from work. So, Father God, we just thank you right now for being God. We thank you. And we don't come just giving just vain words or reputation, but we come before you, and we say thank you, God, for allowing us to stand before your throne, to kneel, to stand, to lay, to drive, and really put our petition before you. We can lay it out right there, and we can ask our heart's desire. We can cry out to you as Abba Father, and we know that you are there to listen and to hear. So we thank you for that, God. We do not take it for granted. We do not come whining and complaining, but we come knowing that you are working all things out for our good. We thank you today, God, for being our God. And I thank you, Father, for all those that are under the sound of my voice right now, God, those that are on their way to work, those that maybe have troubles and struggles in their life right now, financially, socially, uh, uh, families, medically. There's so many things that are facing people in our society today, Father God, and you and you alone know what they are. You are the only one that can truly bring closure and bring the proper and the correct solution for that problem. So God, we thank you right now that you are sending your angels out right now. I lose the angels right now, God, to go and work on your behalf. I say 
say that every plan of the enemy, every tactic has been exposed, and the enemy shall not, shall not, shall not uh, move forward with his plans today. I say that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I say that everything around you shall be blessed. I say, Father God, that you, God, and you alone are worthy. Father God, we just bless your name today. We know that there are those out there that are struggling, even in their families, Father God that you will really begin to um, move on those families. We know that people are struggling right now, God, um, in their households, and we've already prayed for them financially. But, Father God, we know that you want to do more for them. Father God, we know that your word said that you came to give us life and life more abundantly. Father God, we will read today how you want to lavish and how you have come to lavish us with your blessings. So, Father God, for those that don't know you right now who will pick this up on demand, um, who will be shared with their friends, I pray that they will come to know you in a mighty and powerful way. Father God, they may not understand everything, but we know that your blood covers and, and, and heals and delivers and sets free. So I thank you for that this morning, God. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray that all those that desire to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost will receive him right now. I say thank you, God, because you and you alone, God, are worthy. You and you alone, God, know the answers. And we don't say this lightly. We don't say it out of repetition, but we say it, Father God, because it be true. And I just thank you that you will speak through me, that only what you want said will stick, only what you want said will be said. Father God, let me decrease and let you increase, because it is not about me, but it is about you and your word and your truth being disseminated to all those who you've assigned to listen at this time. So I thank you and I praise you again, oh my God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, I hope that you are all having a great and wonderful day. I hope that as you are have the kids going back to school and getting ready for Labor Day, do you believe it is all ready? It is so hard for me to believe that we are at Labor Day. Oh my gosh, it's next week. It's amazing that just in another three to four months or three and three and a half months, we're going to be getting ready for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Yes, Christmas is around the corner. We'll be celebrating Thanksgiving, and then the holidays will be upon us. And, wow, I don't know about you, but I could. my calendar is, pro, is already getting full to the beginning of next year. Um, but as we prepare to go in our word today, we're going to be looking at a number of scriptures. Um, many of you know that I have entitled this message, Loving God with Our Whole Heart, Moving from Milk to Meat. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did one on milk because, you know, a lot of times we are still stuck on milk. We have folks that are in church for 25, 30 years. They roll on the floor, and if you're Pentecostal or charismatic, they speak in tongues, and they're meaner than a junkyard dog or something, and you wonder why are they still the same after 25 years or 30 years or 10. You know, the number, the chronological year in God does not mean a whole lot. Because you have folks that have been in church, you know, um, for all of their life. They go faithfully, uh, sing in the choir, but they have not had a life change. Um, they're still sucking on milk. 
Um, and then you have folks that have been in in God for five and ten years that are, that are well surpassed even where I am um, in my life, in my walk with God, because, their, one, their call was different, their surrender was different. There's a lot of different factors. And I'm not saying that for us to compare ourselves to another. I'm saying that to say we don't we don't wear a badge of honor for how long we've been in God. We don't wear a ban a badge of honor for how much service we do for God. There are specific things that God's looking at. And when we and when we say that uh God is looking at our heart, guess what? He really is. So we have to watch what our lips are saying. And I know um if any of you uh have a real heart for God like me, I spent a lot of my time really confessing to God my wretchedness. Because when I realize of who he is, when I have a revelation, when I get another touch of who he really is, I'm I'm appalled um, uh, appalled at myself for the way I've acted. I find myself many times just laying on my face and asking God to forgive me and to cleanse me and to change my heart and to change my attitude and to change, to change. God, make me more like you. Make me more like you. And then I begin to ask him why. Why am I this way? What's going on? And I dialogue with God so that I can be better, do better for the kingdom of God. It's not for me, but for the kingdom of God. When I see my flesh rising too much, it's like, oh, no, 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 this has to go. So this message today is really to encourage you. I'm not speaking what I have not walked through. I'm not speaking what I'm not walking through now. Um, But I was seeing some things in my study yesterday as I was just having my time alone with the Lord. And what I noticed in the book of John, um, just the first few chapters, some words jumped out at me. And they really were words that I feel that really dictate our relationship with God. Um, A lot of times we're still in our flesh a whole lot. But these words jumped out at me. They talked about, we're going to talk today about cleaving and relying and adhering. Um, And we're going to talk about our whole heart and what we give to God. Because we never want to hold anything back. I think last week we were talking and I said we don't want to hold anything back from God. And then the week before that we looked at the fact that even the the spiritual man, that we can be in God um, and you can go over to First um, Corinthians two verse five, um, chapter five, um, and, and look at those scriptures. That the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. But here's the thing: we can be in God, we can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But if we are in our natural mind, and that does happen because we're in this world and we get bogged down with so many different things. And we get into our flesh and we don't even realize it and we begin to do the things of God out of repetition, out of out of being out of rope. We just know what to do and how to do. Think of it like this. How many of you have ever driven home and asked yourself, How did I get there? You know, you were what were you doing? You were you did it because you just know the route that you go every day. Many of us wake up in the morning, we spend time alone with God, we get up, we put our clothes on, we brush our teeth, we leave, we go to work, we come home, and then we start going through things and we wonder why we're agitated. And if you're in a place where you're losing your peace, and that's where I've been lately, I, my, my peace has been gone. It's been a struggle for the last two years to get really get back. But in that two-year process, God has been molding and moving and doing things. So I want to share some things with you today. And so what I want you to do, um, I want you to look over at the book of John, the gospel of John. And we're going to simply go to the uh, the first uh 
two or three chapters. We're not really going to read them. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you, and then I'm going to point out some words. Now, see, I'm reading this from the Amplified Version, so um, that's where I got these words from because it really provided a picture. And um, I want us to really begin to look at those words. Sometimes we gloss over words, we talk about them, we do what we do, but let's talk about what they really mean and apply them to our life in a practical way. You know, uh, let's apply it to our life in a practical way. And I'm looking at just kind of starting at uh, chapter 3, and I'm looking at um, the verses in verse 12. Now, he says this throughout the chapter. This wasn't just this chapter, but it just stuck out to me um, in in chapter 3. So what I want us to do... Um, this is the one where we're talking, it's chapter 3 starts out with Nicodemus, and he was talking about being born again, and um, um, Jesus is telling him how and what he needs to do. And we also see some of this uh, later on, also with the woman at the well. Uh, she uh, was talking to Jesus, and he's telling her these same exact words again in what he's saying, or it translates out the same way. So go with me to John chapter 3, and we are going to start off at, um, let's go ahead and start at verse 12. If I have told you of things that happen right here on earth, and yet none of you believe me, how can you believe, trust me, adhere to me, rely on me? If I tell you of heaven heavenly things, and yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who is, uh, dwells, um, has his home in heaven. In other words, Christ has his home in, in, in heaven. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must uh, it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. In order that everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, trusts him, and relies on him may not perish. Now, that was a John 3.15, but have eternal life and actually live forever. He goes on to say, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that that he even gave up his only begotten unique son that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings relies on he shall not uh, perish come to destruction be lost but have eternal life in other words you're not going to perish you're not going to come to destruction you're not going to be lost but the qualifications to not have that happen to you are what to trust in to cling to to rely on and everywhere you see it you, you jump down to uh, verse 18, he who believes in him, who clings to, trusts in, relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. Now, uh, then he goes on, for him, there is no rejection, no condemnation. He incurs no damnation. But he who does not believe, cleave in, rely on, trust in him, is judged already. He has already been convicted and has already received his sentence because he has not believed in and trusted in the name of 
the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for for refusing to let his trust rest in Christ's name. Or we know also in Acts 4.10 where it says that there is no other name whereby we must be saved. There is no other name unto heaven, uh, unto uh, given unto God, whereby we must be saved. I apologize for that. It's in Acts 4.10. Okay? So we see it again right here. There is no other way. There are not a many ways to do it. And then here, let's, let's read verse 18 again. It says, uh, because it gives us a stipulation. So anybody that believes that there's, that there's no uh, a criteria or stipulation or standard um, or rules or anything when it comes to believing in God, then you're wrong. The Bible speaks for itself. So let's read verse 18 again. He who believes in him, and I'm reading again from the Amplified Version, clings to, trusts in, relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him, there is no rejection, no condemnation. He incurs no damnation. But he who does not believe, cleave cleave to, rely on, trust in him, is judged already. He has already been convicted and has been has already received his sentence because he has not believed in and trusted in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for refusing to let his trust rest in Christ's name. In other words, when you believe on who Christ is, and you act on it through trusting and relying. See, we can say all day long with our lips that we trust, believe, and rely. People say it all day long. But what does his word say? What does his word say that looks like? Okay? And that's important that we do. So we know that Joshua 1 and 8 talks about his words. He says, the word shall not depart. If you can, let's go there. Let's go over to Joshua 1.8, reading again in the Amplified Version. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely with and have good success. So he's telling us there right now. So the question is, how do I operate in that? I trust what he said. The, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the will of God. If you, don't, if you want to know what that will is, read the Bible. You don't need a psychic. You don't you don't need a um a spiritualist or a mentalist. You know, you may need someone to disciple you, but you don't need to go outside of the word of God for what we have. We want to love God with our whole heart. If you go over to Psalms one nineteen, which is my one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books. I love Psalms one nineteen. Because it tells me in here that I want to delight myself in his statutes. In other words, I delight myself in in what the word of God says, in the law, in the word. 
and though we're not one by the letter of the law anymore, we have the spirit of God and, and we're not um we have the blood of Jesus to redeem us because nobody could ever really keep the law, but it has six hundred and thirteen laws. You know, we couldn't really keep it, but we want to keep what the word of God says. So if the word of God says don't fornicate, if it says don't be an adulterer, if it says don't lie, if it says don't cheat, if it says don't steal, we don't want to do those things. We want to be, we want to cleave, to adhere, to become like one um, with God, with Jesus Christ, because that's how we walk through this life. So let's look at that definition. Now I looked that up in in, in the um, the Vines Dictionary, and uh, in the Old Testament it goes to cling as to being married. Um, it it also um, uh, was a figurative use of loyalty and affection. It's based on a physical closeness of a person of persons who are involved, um, like a husband or a wife, and it's an intimate it's an intimate word. But then when we move over to the New Testament, it doesn't lose the, 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 the veracity, I guess you could say, of the meaning. It says to join fast to, together, to glue, cement. It's primarily said of, of metal and other materials. Um, it is only in the pastor voice with reflective force in the sense of cleaving unto, as into cleaving into one's wife. There's a power there. Now, if we wanted to go a little further and also add um, some more depth to it, we will look at what it says in the um, American Heritage. And it says, for re- when we look at relying on, we're going to depend, to trust, confidence, confidence. In other words, we have confidence in the Word of God. We have confidence on who Christ is. So we don't need to lie. We don't need to cheat. We don't need to grumble, though we do, we don't need to. When we find ourselves doing these things, then we can go, wait a minute, am I trusting in God? Am I relying on him? Am I spending time in his word? What am I doing? Because we know that in Psalms, again, in 119, he says that his word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We know that if we hide his word in our heart, we won't sin against him. So we have to really practice this thing out. We want to love God with our whole heart. And by doing that, we're going to be obedient to his word. We're going to trust him and we're going to rely on him. If we look at Psalms 42, it tells us like a deer panteth for the water, so our soul longs for um, so our soul longeth for thee. We can look at that also in Psalm 63. It says the same thing in a dry and thirsty land. We are hungering for him. When we look at Jeremiah 29 verses 13 and 14, it says to seek him, okay, and he will show us the mysteries. There's mysteries, okay? They're not spooky. They're not anything with such deep revelation to where they they don't make sense. They're not like that. But we're talking that God will begin to reveal an understanding to you of his word and how you apply it to your situations. You know, I was just praying the other uh, yesterday. I pray every day, but I was specifically praying yesterday about some things. And as I was just talking to God and dialoguing with him, in the spirit and in my natural uh, language, he really began to just speak to me and give me suggestions and give me ideas, and he was telling me how to resolve that problem. Even when I was reading um, the word yesterday in these particular passages in John, he really began to speak. 
trust me, rely on me, adhere to me, cling to me. Those are the things that he was saying for me. So when you're reading his word and you're looking to uh, uh, give him your whole heart, then you're doing that. What happens when you really surrender to God and give him your whole heart? That means you're not making excuses. And I know I'm good for that. So I know what it looks like, you guys. So I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to encourage you. And sometimes we make excuses because it hurts, it doesn't feel good, it's uncomfortable. But when we are giving God our whole heart, then we're dead. You know, dead men don't feel. Romans 12, verses 1. We are a living sacrifice, okay? But then if we, as we do that, we're going from milk to meat. Now here, we're going to look at the scripture in, um, in Corinthians because we know there that Paul First uh, Corinthians three two. We know there that Paul was saying to them, you know, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. In other words, and they had been in Christ for a while. These were not babies, you know, but they still were not able to handle any meat, you know. And sometimes meat, you got to chew it and digest it and swallow, and it goes through a greater process than milk. And sometimes we are not able to handle it because we're still on milk. And God wants to take us from milk to meat. So as we begin to love God with our whole heart, as we have confidence in him, as we trust his word, why am I reiterating this more than once? Because I know many Christians that believe that, you know what, you know, God understands if I, if I have to lie. And, and God understands that, you know, I don't, I really don't do things that way. And, you know, that's not me. God knows you better than you know yourself. When we love God with our whole heart, then we are completely and totally surrendered to him. Moses, Barnabas, Paul, many others in the body, David, all had human frailties. They couldn't talk. They felt like they didn't speak correctly. David was a murderer, an adulterer. I mean, my gosh, look at this, look at Solomon. But yet God still used them because at some point in their life, they really surrendered all. And sometimes what it is, we just read it, that he wants to do things in our life, but he can't do anything in our life because God is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to do anything into our life that we don't op- allow him to come in and do. And if we're going to stay in a particular place with excuses or just not um, coming out, and it doesn't happen overnight, there are things that I'm walking in now that I wanted to walk in many, many years ago, but I didn't know how because I wasn't confident, I wasn't trusting, I wasn't relying. We don't need to worry about anything. You know, he says, oh, ye of little faith. If we worry, oh, ye of little faith, we don't need to do that. We can trust God for all things. I was saying to a friend of mine um, the other day, uh, uh, man, why am I, when I was working out, you know, outside my home and doing this, I was very confident in my ability. But when I shifted into another arena, all of a sudden I began to doubt. But if God said to do it, then you just have to do it. We have to begin to trust his word. He is not a man that he should lie, nor a man that he should repent. We must get to a place where we have to make a decision. Are we going to believe the word, cleave to the word, adhere to the word, rely on the word, or are we not? What are we going to do? 
And once you make that decision to do it, you know, that's it. Just drop the mic. Keep it moving. You know what I mean? And it's not always easy. But we want to do it because we want to be able to go from milk to meat. We want to be able to have that intimate relationship with God or we can pray for an hour, pray for two hours, and not even blink. Not even blink. We shouldn't always stutter over our words. We should, and if you don't know how, grab your word and begin to pray it back to God. We want to go from milk to meat through the vehicle of loving God with our whole heart and not giving him kibbles and bits. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, if you don't know where you would wake up if you were to die today, that may sound morbid, but it's the truth, then I invite you in your heart, verbally, out loud, confess, Lord God, I am a sinner. I am wretched without you. I can't do anything truly without you and be peaceful without watching my back. I choose to turn from the way I do things, to turn from my societal mindset, and I choose to follow Christ. I choose to cleave, rely, adhere, cling to, confidently trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome you. The angels are rejoicing right now because another foal has come into the flock. And we praise God for you. Know that everything that God did is already done. So therefore, receive it. I look forward to speaking to you guys next week. Know that I love you and that Jesus loves you as well. Bye-bye. I can be free to see two mountains. I can be free just being me. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.